0: We're going to continue this morning in Luke. We're getting through there, Luke chapter 18. I know that we're not covering every verse in every chapter, but we are covering all the chapters. Uh, We're going to have a resurrection message here sometime in the summertime, right? Because we're going through Luke, and I'm going to go through the whole thing. And we rejoice in the resurrection no matter what time of the year it is. I rejoice in the resurrection every day, Amen? amen? So today, though, we're going to be talking about prayer. I titled The Message With Persistence. And humility, pray. That is the way we are to pray. You know, there's a lot of... How should we pray? Well, you know, I found this poem, and it was first published by a man named Sam Walter Foss, who lived from 1858 until 1911. And it has since been recorded as a song, and is a little bit humorous. It is called The Prayer of Cyrus Brown. Maybe Gary's heard this, I don't know. So, the prayer of Cyrus Brown. The proper way for a man to pray, said Deacon Lemuel Keyes, and on the, the only proper attitude is down upon the knees. No, I should say the way to pray, said Reverend Dr. Wise, is standing straight with outstretched arms and wrapped and upturned eyes. Oh, no, 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 said Elder Slow. Seth's posture is too proud. A man should pray with eyes fast closed and head contritely bowed. It seems to me his hands should be austerely clasped in front with both thumbs pointing down toward the ground, said Reverend Dr. Blunt. Last year I fell in Hodgkin's well head first, said Cyrus Brown, with both my heels a-sticking up and my head a-pointing down. And I made a prayer right then and there, the best prayer I ever said, the prayingest prayer I ever prayed of standing on my head. (laughs) I told you it was kind of humorous. The best prayer I ever prayed, standing on my head. Well, friends, it isn't how we are positioned with our bodies, whether we're standing on our head or on our knees or laying flat on our face or on our knees. The Lord tells us how to pray. It's just that men ought always to pray. Amen. Yeah. That's right. Ought always to pray. I don't care if you pray standing on your head <laughs> or laying on your bed. But pray, right? Amen. But with persistence and humility, pray. Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 14. Hear the word of the Lord. Then He spoke a parable to them, that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. That is the key that surrounds this whole passage. We ought to always pray and not lose heart in our prayers. Do not give up. You'll hear me say that again. Saying, there was, a certain, there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city. And she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary." And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I do not fear God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she wearies me. i want to pause for a moment. You know, we are good at that, wearing others, aren't we? You know, I, I think back when the children were little and they wanted a puppy. They worried me. They, Oh, Daddy, we want a puppy. We want a puppy so bad. They left notes in my lunchbox, notes on my pillow. On and on, they worried me down. And I kept saying, no, no. Oh, Daddy, if you get us a puppy, we'll bathe it. We'll take it out when it needs to go out. We'll feed it. So they worried me to the point where I finally gave in. And they got a puppy. And a few months later, who's out walking the puppy out in the yard? Yeah, Mom and dad. <laughs> they, can, they can, you know, think of those kids. They want those new pair of sneakers. They'll wear you down until you give in and buy them them sneakers. You know, yeah, those $100 sneakers. And spouses, we are so good at wearing down our spouses, aren't we? When we want something. I used to have longer hair. <laughs> and I wearied my wife. I kept telling her for years, i say, I'm going to get a flat top. She goes, you better not come home with a flat top. And I kept persisting year after year. And finally, to one day, she said, would you just please get a flat top and shut up? And I come home with it. She says, oh, I like it, honey. <laughs> I worried her down, though. I, just, I didn't give up. I was persistent. That's the way we need to be in our prayer, right? Don't give up. Don't lose heart. She'll let, eventually let me get a flat top, right? <laughs> then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said. And shall God not avenge his own elect to cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? Cry out to God day and night. Don't give up, right? Verse 8. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Also, he spoke this parable. To some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. He said, Two men went up to pray, or up to the temple to pray, and a Pharisee, and a, another, yeah, I'm going to start over. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week, I give tithes of all that I possess. And the tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven. But he beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified, rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted." That's the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. Everyone who exalts himself will someday be humbled, but he who humbles himself before God will be exalted. May God add His blessings to the hearing and the reading of His Holy Word. Let us pray. Father, we do thank You for Your Word, and I pray that Your Spirit would speak to each of us today that hears Your Word. Father, may it sink deep into our hearts, and may we truly humble ourselves before You. May we seek you, Father, with all that is within us. And I just pray again your anointing upon the word that is spoken, that it will touch our ears and our hearts, and may it go forth and just draw men and women closer to you, Father. May it guide us and direct us, and may it all be for your glory and for your honor. In Jesus' name, amen. So men ought always to pray. Day and night, it's said. Pray day and night, morning and night. You know, pray and don't give up. Do not lose heart. Maybe we haven't seen the answer as in the time manner that we thought we should have. But this is amazing advice that the Lord gives us. To pray. It is not a command, it's an advice. He says men ought to pray. We truly ought to pray every day. Men and women who follow Christ should pray as often as they can. And through that, we will have a much more personal and intimate relationship With our Lord Jesus Christ when we do pray. That's the benefits of it. The more we pray, the more we'll get to know Him. You know, how well would I know my wife if I only talked to her once a month? Not very well. But we know one another very well because we communicate. And it's the same thing with our Father. I hope and pray that we don't just pray once a week when we come to church, but we pray often, often. We ought to pray always to the Lord our God. You know, another passage. 1 Thessalonians 5, 14-18 says, See that no one, this is a good word, right? this wasn't intended for this, but this is a good word for our nation today. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good both for yourselves and for all. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You know, it didn't say to be thankful for everything, but in everything, give thanks. There's a difference there, friends. Right. You know, I'm not going to thank the Lord for that tumor that I have in me, but I might thank Him for what He's going to do through it. I might not thank Him for that persecution I'm enduring right now. Paul did, though, right? He, they thanked and praised the Lord for the suffering and the persecution that they endured. So that we would get to that place. That we would be thankful in all things, even for all things, right? Because He is always with us. It is the will of God in Christ for us to pray without ceasing and to rejoice always. And to be thankful. Rejoice always. So one of our passages says we ought to pray. The other said pray without ceasing. So my friends I'm going to ask you a question today. How do you define prayer? What is your definition of prayer? What is prayer to you? Okay. Communicating with God. Anybody else? Interacting with God. Interacting with God. Doing anything God wants you to do. Doing things God wants you to do. Karen took mine. In the simplest terms, that's what it is. See, I said we know one another very well, right? Why? Because we communicate. But in the simplest terms, it is communicating with God. It's making our requests known. Some official definitions, if you look them up, this is probably what you will find. It is a devout petition to God. Of course, the definition says, or an object of worship. For us, it is God. It is a spiritual communion with God or an object of worship, as in supplication, thanksgiving, adoration, or confession. Even confession is a form of prayer. It is an act or practice of praying to God. It is a formula or sequence of words used in praying. and, And then another one is the Lord's Prayer. Jesus Christ gave it that. As you pray, here is how you pray. Our Father, which art in heaven... So, then the next question that this led me to was how do we pray without ceasing? How do we do that? Ceasing means to stop, doesn't it? To cease something means to stop, to discontinue. So, to pray without ceasing is to pray nonstop, to always continually pray. So, we were talking in the beginning about all the different ways to pray with that humorous little poem. Well, obviously we can't spend our entire lives on our knees praying. We have to get up once in a while to go eat, right? Or we have to go to work. Or we have to go to school. We have to drive our cars. We do have to sometimes have our eyes open, especially driving those cars. (laughs) It will not go well if we think we've got to pray with our eyes closed and we're driving our cars. So how do we pray without ceasing? It could be, as some said, that being in the spirit of prayer. Karen already said that. She was looking at my notes, I think. But it's being in that attitude of prayer always. We can be going about our job and be in an attitude of prayer. Amen. We can be driving down the road and being in an attitude of prayer. We can be talking to or listening to God, listening to that still small voice that speaks to us, But we can do anything that we do physically, we can do with an attitude of prayer. We can be thinking of Him continually. Prayerfully, the more we get to know Him, the more we do think of Him, the more we do communicate with Him. So pray without ceasing. The more we perfect that, the more we will rejoice. Amen. Because we will rejoice because the more we get to know Him, the more we will know that He is in control. We will know that He provides, that He protects, that He does abundantly more than we can even imagine or think. So that will help us. The one said rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. We'll be able to rejoice the more we pray because we'll know Him better. We'll know Him more. The main purpose of the parable is that we would be persistent, that we might not lose heart, that we would not give up. Jacob Riss shared this in the Reader's Digest. He said, I watched a stonecutter hammering away at a rock. At a hundred times he struck that rock, so much with not even a crack showing on that rock. Yet at the 101st blow, it split in two. He says, I know that it was not that one blow that split the rock, but it was the 100 before that helped split that rock. Maybe the persistent widow in Jesus' parable had gone to that unjust judge a hundred times. What if she would have given up after that hundredth time? Maybe it was on the 101st time that the unjust judge said, she's wearing me and I'm answering her request. My friends, do not lose heart. Do not lose heart in your prayers. What if you prayed a hundred times for something and didn't see the answer? And what if it was on that one hundred and first time? What if you've prayed for something a thousand times and did not see the answer? Maybe that answer would come on one thousand and one. Do not lose heart. Don't give up. That's what Jesus is saying to us today. Pray without ceasing and do not lose heart. Men ought to pray and not give up. My friends, prayer can be hard work. Amen. Don't think it's always easy. It is not. We have to fight sleepiness. We have to fight busyness. We are so many things we have to fight. But it is hard work. But we, you know, and it is especially hard when we don't see results, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, we say, well, I might as well give up. I guess the Lord's not going to. See fit to answer my prayer. But sometimes He doesn't answer the prayer the way we think He should. He does really answer it, but we just don't see it in the way that we're looking for. And sometimes we may just feel that God's reluctant to answer our prayers. But friends, He's not reluctant to answer our prayers. He's going to answer them in His timing in the way that He knows best. Because He cares for you. He's going to do what's best for you. You know, when I am th- thinking about how hard prayer is, physical exercise is hard work, isn't it? Amen. You know, what, another thing that's so hard about it, it's hard to stick with it. Mm-hmm. You know, at the beginning of the year, a lot of times people, after all the holidays has passed and we put on those few extra pounds, I'm going to go buy me a treadmill or I'm going to buy me an exercise bike. And now the clothes are hanging on it to dry, right? Amen. <laughs> because after about three months, we give up. But if we stick with the physical exercise, what are we going to benefit from it? We are going to benefit a healthier, stronger body, right? Amen. Well, friends, it's the same way with prayer. If we continue with prayer, if we have that commitment to prayer and pray without ceasing and do it, we are going to have a stronger, healthier spiritual body, spiritual relationship with the Father because we continue in it. In Colossians four twelve and 13, the Apostle Paul praises a man named Epaphras because he was always laboring fervently in prayers. 12 and 13, it says, Epaphras, who is one of you, a bondservant of Christ, greets you always laboring fervently in prayer for you, Amen. for you in prayer, that you may stand perfectly and complete in all of the will of God. Verse 13 says, For I bear him witness that he has a great zeal for you and those who are in Laodicea and those in Hierapolis." My friends, I'm going to ask a question here. Do we have a great zeal for the United States of America? Yeah. Yeah. Do we today? My friends, America needs somebody to have a great zeal for her. Amen. Especially Today. Do we have a great zeal zeal for America? So then are we going to labor fervently in our prayers for her? We need to. We need to. I am sure there's been times in America where things were just as bad as they are today. But friends, this is our lifetime. This is our time. Are we going to pray with great zealousness? For our nation. Our nation needs us. Our nation needs the church. To pray and beyond prayers. Whatever God leads us to do. Through our prayers. The judge that Jesus used in the parable. The unjust judge. He did not regard God. Did not fear God. Did not regard man. He was an ungodly man. Both towards man and God. But in the end, he answers that request. But the only reason he gave it, because he didn't want her to bother him anymore. There were selfish reasons for him to answer that request. The woman had to overcome the judge's reluctancy. My friends, God is not reluctant. Jesus used this parable to show the difference between the Heavenly Father that loves you and cares for you and an unjust judge. The judge was unfair, but friends, God is fair. The judge had no personal interest in the widow, but God has personal interest in you. He loves you. He cares for you. He is complete opposite of the unjust judge. Our God is righteous. He is a wonderful judge. We can come to a judge who is perfect, Who has good character. We can come to a judge who loves and cares for his children. One who is kind and gracious. To a judge who knows us. He knows us better than we know ourselves. We can come to a judge in which we have an advocate. And his name is Jesus Christ. He petitions the Father on our behalf. The second parable that Jesus shared... I'm going to review it. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. He has an eye problem, as you'll again hear. God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all I possess. The tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. One of the commentaries I found said that there was an ancient rabbi named Rabbi Simeon, the son of Josiah was an example of this type of attitude, this type of pride. He says, If there were only 30 righteous persons in the world, I and my Son would make two of them. But if there were but 20, I and my Son would be of that number. And if there were but 10, I and my Son would be of the number. And if there were but five, I and my Son would be of the five. And if there were but two, I, and my son, would be those two. And if there were but one, myself would be that one. <laughs> Talk about full of pride. God will reject the proud. It was John Raskin who said, I believe the first test of a truly great man is his humility. Amen. He said, I do not mean by humility that doubts one's own power or hesitation in speaking his opinion. But really great men have a feeling that the greatness is not in them, but through them. That they could not do or be anything else than what God made them to be. Do we have that kind of faith and trust and reliance on God? We are not to be jealous, envious. but We are to trust in Him. We are to not be filled with pride, but put it all in the Lord Jesus Christ. Trust in Him. Meekness. Again, Jesus' parable points out the contrast. The Pharisee points out his own accomplishments while the tax collector retires re- <clears throat> relies entirely upon the mercy of God. One relies on his own works. One relies on the mercy of God. Beats his chest. In the Pharisee's mind, there's only two kinds of people, the righteous and the immoral. And in his mind, he thinks, I am grateful that I am not like that tax collector. He places himself above the tax collector. Friends, we should not have that kind of prideful attitude in our hearts. We should be like the tax collector. Relying on the mercy of God. In the original text, it says when he beat his chest or smote upon his breast, he smote it again and again and again. It was a continuous act. He seemed to say, Oh, this wicked heart, this wicked heart. You know, why would you beat upon your chest? This wicked heart, again and again, expressing his intense grief because of the wickedness in his heart. So we should beat upon our hearts and say, Lord, have mercy on me. Make a new heart, create a new heart in me. One that loves you and one that loves others, right? The ancient Greek word merciful is halaskoma. It is actually the word for an atoning sacrifice. The fullest sense of what the tax collector said was, God be merciful to me through your atoning sacrifice for sin because I am a sinner. Amen. We can all say that. Because I am a sinner, God be merciful to me. To humble ourselves before Him. He was justified because as a sinner, He humbly prayed for mercy. And mercy in the sense of an atoning sacrifice. And God was satisfied with His prayer. You know, He didn't say, God, be merciful to me because I'm not like that Pharisee. He didn't have pride in His heart. Even though the Pharisee said it the other way, right? But He said, Be merciful to me, a sinner. Have mercy on me. I'm only a human. We simply pray, Father, help me to humble myself before you. Help me to do better. We do, we gain nothing by coming to God in the lie of pride. God resists the proud. James 4:6 says, but He gives, but He gives more grace. Therefore He says, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. My friends, we ought to humbly go before the Lord in prayer. We ought to pray always. We ought to pray without losing heart. We ought to be persistent and trust Him. Go before Him humbly and don't give up. That's the word for today. Be persistent in our prayers. I know I probably fall short on that. Many of us probably can. I know one here that probably doesn't, spends hours in prayer. And I thank the Lord for your faithfulness. We ought to all be faithful in our prayers. To pray always. I say that, but there's, I know many times, it's going through my day, I'm just, all, my mind's a thinking and listening. And I hope we all do that, always. Listen, God wants to talk to you. He wants to to get to know... Well, He knows us better. He wants us to get to know Him better, as what I should say. Because He knows us better than we know ourselves. Amen. But let's talk to Him all day, every day. I don't care if we even have a, a, a large gathering of people and we're having a good time. Prayerfully, your mind is still thinking about God and listening to God. There may be someone in that crowd He wants to lead you to. That's why it's so important. We always have our mind, our radio... Our mind tuned. You know, as you tune that radio, try to bring in that channel. But we need to tune our minds and our ears to hear God always. Because that is prayer, listening to God. Amen. Sometimes I'm too guilty of talking too much. He ought to, sometimes I say, Lord, He ought to smack me on the head and say, shut up and listen for a while, right? I'm just speaking for myself here. We need to communicate, pray always. My friends, don't give up. We know a lady that prayed for her husband for 30 plus years for his salvation. And she did not give up. Amen. And I believe it was probably 35 years he finally accepted Christ. Do you have that kind of persistence to pray for 35 years? I know there's many grandmothers that prayed for their children and grandchildren, Amen. for their salvation, for them to come to the Lord. And they've prayed without giving up and have seen results. It may have taken a long time. Friends, don't give up. I don't Amen. care if it takes years or it takes a lifetime. Don't give up. God is faithful. Amen?